Hey, welcome back to the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO. And I'm your host, Doug Lear. The last shot, the last shot for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Uh, we still have a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. We're going to get you a podcast extra with Bruin Agri Gone Outdoors, uh, and you can listen to them. You listen to Bruin Agri Gone Outdoors on Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. We know not everybody can listen to them on Saturday mornings. We know not everybody can listen to a podcast. So we break out a podcast extra for you each and every weekend. Before we do that, let's get you a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. You read her work in Dakota Country Magazine. She is an award-winning outdoors communicator, and she connects with uh, the people and the places, the bait shops, the gas stations, the motels, the resorts, the guides, to give us a better idea of where people are going, what they're doing, what they're finding outdoors. Well, Pat, what's cooking outdoors this week? Thanks, Doug. As we check elsewhere around North Dakota, it's pretty quiet in the outdoor arena. Thanks to Mother Nature's Easter storm bringing snow and wind to much of the state. Some lakes gain temporary ice after colder nighttime temperatures, but nothing that anyone could or should even think about walking on. In addition, access to some lakes was shut down with heavy snowdrifts. A bright spot, though, is that before the wind hit, anglers going to Channel A on Devil's Lake were finding some nice walleye. Out west, the Missouri River tail race river levels remain lower than normal, even with runoff from the storm. That's because Garrison Dam releases also remain lower than normal on a daily average basis, with the river system still in water conservation mode. While the east end of Lake Sakakwea was quiet because of the heavy snow, the boat ramp at Van Hook Arm in the Big Lake's midsection was accessible earlier in the week. A few anglers ventured out and they even found some nice walleye. Appreciate that report. That is Pat Stockdale, and she is an award-winning outdoors communicator. Again, read her work in Dakota Country Magazine and various other publications across the Midwest. Right now, it's time to get you that podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. You hear Brewer and Agri gone outdoors at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. Not everybody can listen then, and not everybody can check out their podcast. So here is a podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. We want to continue our conversation with Hall of Fame legendary angler Al Linder. And uh, we talked a little bit about the Minnesota Fishing Challenge event last segment and how an event built around fishing is literally changing lives and many, many lives. And we're going to shift gears just a bit right now, but we're going to talk about another platform within the sport of fishing that is changing lives, and that is youth and student angling. Al, I know this uh, this topic lies real close to your heart. Uh, a lot of the student angler movement in the Midwest came from your neighborhood there in the Brainerd area. Uh, you've been an educator in terms of uh, educating people about fishing and, and the outdoors your entire life. Uh, how is this younger approach to, to angling benefiting the sport that we love so much? Oh, at a national level, it's unbelievable. You know, the, the, uh, the industry has spent so many dollars for so many years to get young people and new anglers into the sport. And uh, uh, through, through Take a Kid Fishing and all these different campaigns that, that we would contribute on a national level. And, and we'd move the needle a little bit. But when the student angling program came on the scene to reach these young people, it took it took in a very short period of time, what took us 25 years to do at, at incremental baby steps, 
they did in no time to get young people involved into the sport of fishing. Staggering amount amount of young people. And and I, I got to give you a quick story. When this started here in the Brainerd area, uh, Jason Barr, who, who, who was one of the coaches that started the high school fishing phenomena in the state of Minnesota, came right out of Brainerd area. And it was a cold, very cold January Friday evening. He had given me a call earlier, and he says, hey, "Al, we're going to start out, you know, a fishing league, league, a high school fishing team, a youth angling team here in Minnesota, and I'd like you to be our speaker, speaker at uh, to kick this thing off." And I just right, I says, "Okay, naturally, yeah, you know, not a big deal. I'll drive over there." And it was at uh, uh, Fleet Farm had a gun range right next door, store, and there's a big meeting room in the back. Yeah, you know, so so I drive, I, I pull in there at six o'clock that night. And there's cars everywhere. The whole the whole parking lot is filled. They're across the street everywhere. I come walking into this thing. I walk into the back. There's people sitting on the floor. There's people all over the back. Back by people. I mean, there's parents with the kids. And it it was like a light bulb went off to me. I did not know what to expect. I knew we'd get some participation. Yeah, yeah, you know, but nothing, nothing like this. And I looked, and when I seen and heard the questions that the parents had. The parents bought into this. They seen it, and they said, this is good. We want our child to be involved in this. And uh, uh, when I seen that, I said, something here is happening in a big way. And boy, did it sweep not only our state, the whole the, the whole United States. I don't know how many states got, got teams up. Most of them by now. They're, they're, you know, and it, you has, know, been, it, it, it has spiked. It is. It has been such a blessing to the sport fishing industry. It has really moved the needle, big time, big time. It, it's amazing how you know. Thinking back when we were kids, what would have been like if we would have had a high school team where we could have went fishing <laughs> through school? You know, it's it's so cool to see, and it's not surprising how popular it is. You know, thinking back to when we were kids, you know how how amazing that would have been. But, you know, right now, you kids can go and they can get a full ride scholarship to big colleges through fishing. They can get fishing scholarships now, which is the uh, the programs and the opportunities these kids have right now. Um, it's just so super cool to see. It's you, you in, in these schools today for young people like that. This image is everything. It's cool to be in a fishing club. <laughs> this is a neat thing to do. <laughs> Isn't that just awesome? And, you know, Al, last segment, you mentioned Lund Boats and how supportive they have been in Mercury Marine for the Minnesota Fishing Challenge. They have really been a driving force in student angling as well. And Lund has uh, stepped up to the plate and has uh, been fully committed to making this happen. You look at uh, Jason Barr. You mentioned Jason and and the framework he built in the Brainerd area was passed on to some folks just east of us here in the Heart of Lakes High School League. And and they passed that framework on to the, the Fargo-Moorhead area, to the Lake Agassiz League. And, and it's continual ripples that are that are growing and spreading in this sport. You, you've got the Lund Virtual League now that's going national with, with yeah. folks. Amazing yeah. what it is doing. And it's not just the kids that are enjoying it either, is it? Oh, no, the parents have gotten involved. It, it to a degree, it's it's like when parents get invo involved in, in, with their children in hockey. They're all in. Well, this yep. is happening right here with the fishing. They're all in. 
mom and dad are looking, this is good. This is a family thing. We're going to go buy boats. We're going to get equipment. This is going to be our, this is going to be our time together. This is what we do as a family. This is what we do together. And uh, uh, they look forward to the seasons, to the tournaments ahead. When they post a tournament right now in a particular area, it's filled in 15 minutes. <laughs> exactly. It's 15 minutes. It's posted. It's done. That, it, that might be 200 boats in a particular. It's a, the event is full. Full. <laughs> and you know that what I've seen, Al, in the, in the, the real benefit to the big picture of this is that uh, – it's not just the families who have the means to, to have that boat and that motor and that trailer and that truck to pull it, but it's all kids of all socioeconomic backgrounds being put in a boat together with somebody who's willing to take these students out on the water and let them experience the sport. And, and again, those ripples are spreading even further to people who might not have that opportunity. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for, for sure. Again, it's a life-changing experience for, for everybody, the adult and the young person being involved in the support staff. People have, have bought into this thing because it is a good thing. And the sport fishing community, it's it impacted in a, in, in a really positive way. And many of these anglers that we're talking to at, at, at this level, guys and gals at this level, are going to be uh, involved in the industry. They're going to be, many of them are going to be the future leaders in the sport fishing industry uh, with tackle companies, marine industries, tourism, destination, outdoor communicators. Uh, 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 they'll come up with the next, the, the next Rapala lure company, <laughs> whatever it is. They're the dream. They're the ones that are going to influence the next generation as far as, as the, the, the direction this, that this industry will go in. Many of them are going to come out of the student angler program right now today. Yeah, and, and you're spot on with that. You know, and the pandemic was hard for a lot of people the last couple of years. Um, what One thing it was good for was for the outdoors. You know, it kept pushing a lot of people to the outdoors, and the outdoors, uh, the outdoor sports thrived in that. And, and with student angling, I think it thrived even more because it it pushed a lot of some of the events to virtual events. And now that's a thing in itself. So now there's in-person events and virtual events. That way kids can, even if they don't have a high school angling team in their community, um, they can just go out and fish these virtual events wherever they're at. And, you know, the pandemic has taught us how to do that. So that's really opened up a whole nother door also. These virtual events are in their infancy right now. The potential for this thing to be gigantic is really incredible to watch. We're still in a learning curve with these virtual events, in there, but they've been, I think, more better received than most people realized they would be. This opens up a door of opportunity that uh, uh, is gigantic. Yeah, you know, I think it's it's a brilliant way to to, to do this, and it's 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 working well. But there's there's still some things that have to be uh, uh, shook out. Yeah, you know, it's a learning curve how to build on this, but it's a home run. There's no question about it. Absolutely, and to have more venues, more platforms, and more opportunities is what we're looking for for the youth, for what we're looking for. And and you know, we can't have this conversation without mentioning organizations like. FM Walleyes Unlimited, that has done so much for youth angling. We look at the events that they cater to, which which focus on the younger individuals and bring them up into those opportunities where they can step into a high school program in their seventh or eighth grade year. And and uh, it just all works together, and it's all all a really, really good thing for the sport. 
Al, thank you so much for spending some time with us today, for taking uh, the, the opportunity to, to share with us about these two things that are really near and dear to all of our hearts. Uh, we really appreciate it. Well, thank you. I always enjoy it anytime. And I just, everybody have a safe fishing season out there and we'll see you on the water. Well, it is going to wrap things up for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Appreciate the podcast extra being made available by Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. Uh, make sure you check out them Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock. And then also you can check out their podcast at kfgo.com. This has been the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO and FM 104.7. Until next time, I'm Doug Lear reminding you, as always, keep your lines tight and your powder dry. Have a great one out there.